Ronananian. Do you ever wonder how they make it so that when you go into reverse, that's when the camera turns on? Because otherwise, yeah, it would be kind of neat. You could turn the camera on and look at the guy behind you tailgating you, so it would be, uh, you know, maybe like a spy car. Should we activate the code of silence? The car doctor. A simple backup camera. Look at what we're doing here. Remember going to the moon, what, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 1969? Look at that technology. Look how far we've come. We probably can't get that back to the moon anymore, but um, we sure got neat backup cameras on our vehicles. Missed it by that much. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here to take your calls, answer your questions about your vehicle, whatever they might be. However it takes to make that car go down the road, that car or truck go down the road. We want your question. We want to give you an answer. We want to get you back on the shiny side so you're uh, smooth and sailing straight. This radio show also goes out over the internet, cardoctorshow.com, as well as many affiliates across America. You can get out to cardoctorshow.com and live stream us from there. Keep in mind, Car Doctor Facebook page. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, and don't forget if you podcast us through the many sites, uh, particularly Spreaker.com, you can go ahead and click subscribe or favorite and download the podcast as, um, you know, it, it keep us with you all the time. We're trying to be there for you. Um, I, I was listening to the radio this week. I, I listen to the radio sometimes, and it, it kind of blew my mind, th- this this commercial. And I've asked Tom to cue it up because I wanted to start the show here with this today. Tom, would you would you run that commercial? Listen. <laughs> With instant acceleration, electric cars are more fun to drive and more affordable than ever. Electric cars are here. Plug in to the present. And the end of that commercial was sponsored, right, Tom? It didn't have it in the clip, but it was sponsored. Sponsored by Volkswagen. Sponsored by Volkswagen, and it's actually a TV commercial. Right, and and the car that they're saying is the the uh, car, the electric car, is a Chevy. There's no Volkswagen in the spot. So it, it made no sense to me. And I sat there and I said, wow, how can the company that brought us the ever-polluting, beyond-the-legal-limit diesel... Come up with what? Now, this is their penance? Is this like Catholic school? You got caught, so you have to do seven Hail Marys and run a commercial on radio and TV to promote electric cars for a clean environment? Is that what they're up to here? I don't understand. And where do the claims in the commercial come from? You know, they talk about it's the future and the cleaner running electric car and better for the environment electric car. Has that been established? Have we acknowledged that? Are are they saying that... We've, we've agreed that the electric car right now in its present shape and form is the way to go? I haven't. I don't agree with that. I don't believe that. I think that there's a place for it. I don't know that it's the be-all and end-all. But I, I fear commercials like this because how many people are going to have the presence of mind to sit and look for the answers? How many people are going to sit there and say, well, that electricity has to come from somewhere? And where do we generate the electricity to charge that vehicle back up? And what does it take for a a power grid to support, you know, how many people live in the tri-state area? How many millions of people live here? 
if we all plugged in at once, what would happen to the grid? What was that? There was a TV show in the 60s. I think it was. I think it was a talk show host in the 60s or the 70s that said everybody needed to go to their bathroom and flush their toilet at once, and they saw a pressure drop, a water pressure drop in the region such that it was devastating the effect, the number of toilets that got flushed all at once. And he was trying to demonstrate the point of if everybody jumped into the pool all at once or whatever the topic of the day was. I, I vaguely remember this as a kid. If everybody plugged an electric car in all at once, if we ran out, which we don't because we don't have the manufacturing capacity, not only just to manufacture all the cars, but the supporting grid, the internal structure to, hey, everybody's got an outlet that will accept that electric car and, and, and allow it to charge up, can't do it. You know, everybody wants a generator now, right? Everybody's going on generator. All the generators are being installed. My, my, my friend Mike Hickey, who does generator installs, he did the one for the studio here, and we, we talk all the time. He said, Ron, I've got generator work signed up for the next two and a half, three years. He said it just it just doesn't stop, and he goes there aren't enough people to install generators, and it just goes on and on and on, and and the problem we're going to run into slowly is all the generators run off the natural gas grid, and we've got to make sure the natural gas grid can support the generators, or we're going to just you know it's like a vicious cycle. We're creating a problem. Electric cars, are they the answer? Are they going to be the final solution? Um. I don't know. I don't think they're the final solution from Volkswagen, I can tell you that, because if they make an electric car the way they made a diesel, we're doomed. And and, and how Chevy and Volkswagen got into cahoots together, I wonder if Chevy even, well, Chevy must know that they're doing it. But it just caught me as, I actually called Tom Wednesday morning when I heard it, and I said, you know, we need to get a serious XM channel, because i got to say a few choice words about some of what these people are doing, and I just can't do it on family radio. But um, that's my opening rant. Just listen to that commercial. Listen to the words. You know, can it really be? I was at the Chevy dealer, and we're going to have Bill Brunner um, from Paramus Chevy on in the next hour talking. He's the general manager of Paramus Chevrolet. We're going to have him on. We're going to talk about the car industry and how it's changed. And You know, I was down there about a month ago buying a new truck, and the salesmen were showing me the Chevy Volt um, and the Bolt, right, the electric cars that they've got. And, you know, they're $40,000 cars. Uh, you know, it's it's 40 Gs. I'm not knocking it. I, th I think they're a great, great car. I think, you know, we're on. But it's not that. They're, they're $10,000 that you're saving all this money versus a gas vehicle. And there's still going to be maintenance. It's still going to require a very specialized technician to work on it. And, you know, there's there are some shortcomings of it because of its, its, its technology. It's not perfected yet. I just don't see it. You know, last week we went up to uh, the Boston area where our daughter's going to school and uh, you know, for her birthday. So we went and walked around the mall to kill some time. They had a Tesla store. For $147,000, you too can have an electric car. Right. And, you know, for $147,000, I could put a kitchen and a bathroom in my house. Um, you know, which which am I going to use more? Uh, you know, which is going to be more reliable and which is going to go up in value? And what's going to happen, I brought this up before, we're in the Northeast. We have a big snowstorm. We have no power here at the house. How do I charge my car? Right. Well, solar. That'll be the next thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we're going to take America, um, a superpower, and we're going to turn this into a third world country where we'll be dependent upon solar energy and, and, and electric vehicles because we're not going to use gas and oil because we're running out of it. <clears throat> sure we are. Um, yeah, I, I just listen to these commercials, folks. You got to, you know, I'm not going to get political here, but you've really got to pay attention to what they're saying. And you've got to stop to think, I don't care what you buy, sooner or later it's going to break. And, you know, who's going to fix it? There's limitations to technology. Okay, I'm better now. Let's get over and talk to Dan in Bristol, Connecticut. Dan, I'm done. Thank you, sir. How can I help? Sorry. 
Good. How you doing today? Good, sir. What's going on? Um, I thought about a 2016 uh, Chevy Cruze, and uh, it's her first car, and the uh, navigation system uh, decides to tell her every time she changes, uh, goes to a new road, it tells her the, um, the uh, what the speed limit is. Um, it's fine, but it's annoying. So if she wants to cut it off or she wants to get rid of the car, she just bought it two weeks ago. An, aud- an audible warning, Dan? Yes. You know, so it's, it's audible. It's- it says... I'm sorry? Um, I was going to say, so every time she goes from a 55 to a 60 or a 35, speed limit is yada, yada, yada. Um, she's she, She's looked through settings on the navigation system? She doesn't have a navigation setting on the car. Well, then what's and making... The dealership, the dealership doesn't know how to shut it off either. They thought it was the uh, um, uh, the satellite radio thing, but she doesn't have an account there. So they're not sure how to shut it off. Well, wait a minute. She she has navigation or she doesn't have navigation? She doesn't have navigation. Does not. She's tried looked look through the book, look through the all the settings on the on the uh, car, and uh, nothing's there that says navigational settings. So we're a little dumbfounded on how it's working. Yeah, I'm kind of she, I'm kind of dumbfounded too. So where's the sound coming from? And I guess that's the, the question. Radio speakers. The radio speakers. I'm not sure where it's actually coming from, but even the dealership didn't know where it was coming from. So, did she buy this car used? Yes. You know, I'm going to say I don't know. I'm going to say there's, there's, but there's got to be. If it's not factory, then where would the add-on be, and how does the module hide in that? Yeah, Tom. Is it possible that in the radio, the radio is set up to? Um pick up traffic information uh and that's where it's coming from because some radios are equipped to do that and it is transmitted on uh yeah, on certain old, stations is it was that the old rds systems well it's partially rds and now they've moved it over to hd radio side so it's a combination of the two so i wonder if there is but there's you've you've been through radio settings dan and there's nothing there uh i don't believe she has um but that's something else to look into can you email me the vin I want to. I want to see. Email me the seventeen-digit VIN Ron at CarDoctorShow dot com. I want to look up the owner's manual for that car, and and okay. and, and see what I can find. Um, I, but there's got to be a settings button somewhere. Um, I can't believe that that's not you. I, I can't believe that you can't turn that off. Uh, that just doesn't. I, I've never heard of this. So, but you know, this is technology, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, uh, this is technology. That's what I, you, you know, the dealership didn't even know how to do it. So that's that's the other concern that I had. That didn't even know how to do it. Right. Well, and, you know, how many people have complained about it? You wonder how many people have turned it on. I'll tell you, they've got some really obscure things inside vehicle settings now. And in, 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 in the new Ford Explorer, in the new Chevy pickup, I look at some of the settings and things that it'll do. The, um, uh, the, the Chevy pickup actually has a setting that when I turn the truck off, it prompts me to look in the back seat. You know, look in, look in wow. rear seat before I exit the vehicle. Because, you know, the yeah. concern was, did you leave your groceries, your kids, your dog? Um, you know, and, and the salesman, as he put it, he goes, nobody ever turns that off for some reason. I'm like, I'd turn that off. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I can figure out if I got something in the back seat. Although I got to tell you, I don't know if it works, because the first night I had the truck, we went out to eat. I left the leftovers in the back of the truck. I forgot to take them out. So I, I ignored it, because I'm not even used to seeing it. Um, so you wonder how good technology is. Send me the VIN, Dan. Uh, there's that 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 doesn't make any sense. There's got to be an answer to that. We got to go through the owner's manual. All right. 
Okay. Thank well, you, thank sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll get back to you. You take good care. I'm Martin Annie, the car doctor. We'll be back right after this. Write it on the wall so you don't forget to call for car advice done right. 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Hey, I should point out that uh, coming up bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined by Gerald Wickland of uh, Wickland uh, car, car Collision in uh, Liberty, Missouri. And um, he's going to be stopping by to talk about, you know, we, we've gotten so many questions over the over the years about body collision, collision repairs, in particular the one Jesse from California with the Jeep. We're going to just talk a little bit about finding a good collision repair facility and what to look for, how to make sure it's right. And uh, I'm trying to woo Gerald. I want to get him back because I want to talk specifically about Jesse's problem in California. We we discussed it briefly when we talked on the phone in our introductory phone call uh, later in the week, earlier in the week. And uh, we, he's a good guy to know. He's sharp, very, lots of knowledge, lots of knowledge there. Second generation owner. So we'll be looking forward to that down around the bottom of the hour. Let's get right now over to Mark in Hartford, Connecticut. Connecticut, 04 Chevy Silverado. Mark, welcome to the Col- uh, yeah, welcome to the welcome to the Colorado. Welcome to the car doctor, Mark. How are you, sir? Hey, Ron. How you doing? All right, man. What's, what's my call? Thank you. What's going on? All right. So, uh, 04 Silverado 6.0. Uh, I just picked it up uh, two days after getting the vehicle. I, I got an engine light come on. It's actually flashing. So I investigate that. It's a misfire. And it's detecting raw fuel being dumped into the catalytic converter. So I'll bring it back put it on the scan tools. It has a random misfire. It's showing cylinders one and five. Uh, they replaced plugs and wires. Uh, that didn't solve the problem. They replaced the two coil packs on the, on the misfired cylinders. That didn't do, that didn't fix it. They smoke tested the intake and the evap, replaced the mass air fuel sensor, and I'm still getting this. But it's really intermittent, and it only happens. I only get the flashing engine light. Over 70 miles an hour, 70, 72 miles an hour, it'll come on, but only at a coast, and that's about 2,700 RPMs. And if I'm just kind of on and off the gas to keep that 72-mile-an-hour speed, it'll flash the engine light. Okay. Uh, Who's who's they? Is this a dealer or a used car lot or...? This is the dealer, okay. not not a Chevy dealer, but yes, the the lot that I bought the car from. Okay. Me- they have been doing the work. I've had my mechanic kind of double check the the code, make sure that's all that was going wrong with it, and he ran it on his machine and looked at it. And it's a very low misfire. I'm only getting a couple thousand misfires on both of these these uh, both of these cylinders. Okay. Um, how many miles? How many miles are on this? Uh, one one thirty one twenty seven when I picked it up, and I have one thirty one now. Okay, so now we know why it was traded in, right? Um, yeah, you, know, you always wonder, right? <laughs> yeah, so, I figured that out. So you know, misfire is a misfire. It doesn't necessarily have to be ignition. It can be, you know, and I, I say this all the time. It can be. I always look at the example and point out, you know, you ever use a snowblower, a leaf, or a lawnmower? Uh, if you leave the choke on too long, the engine starts to run rough, right? Uh, you know, that's a that's a rich fuel condition misfire. If you have a worn spark plug, that's an ignition misfire. If it has a burnt valve, that's a mechanical misfire. So, you know, it's the same thing on an automobile. It's just you've got eight cylinders instead of one. So they've, they, it sounds like they've gone through the ignition. They, they guessed and threw a bunch of parts at it for that, and that didn't do it. So now it's, you know, is it fuel? 
Is it, I liked what they did with smoke in the intake. Is it, is it you know, a vacuum leak somehow affecting uh, an issue? Although generally vacuum leaks aren't going to get picked up off idle, but smoke in the intake isn't a bad idea. These have a, these have a tendency to go through intakes and gaskets, rather. Uh, so that's not the worst idea. W- one of the things I'd like somebody to do is, is go through what we call crankshaft variation learn. This particular generation, 02, 03, 04, 05, you know, had an issue where it would lose its ability to know crankshaft position. And so you went through a crankshaft learn procedure, which has to be done with a scan tool. All right, not every scan tool has it. The, the factory Tech 2 does. I'm not sure if a snap-on or a launch or an OTC will, but it's, it's, it's just a procedure that goes through under special functions that will allow the person to re-index or relearn the crank in relation to the cam and the, and, and the rest of the vehicle so that it's, it's, its bicycle sprockets are in the right place at the right time. You follow? Right, I follow. And, yeah, and, 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 and before I go anywhere else with this, although I, I think you do have some sort of a problem because you're seeing a flashing light, um, although crankshaft learn, crankshaft out of index will cause a, 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 you know, an engine performance problem, my next step, because I, I don't like to spend money on parts unless I know what I'm doing, you know, that I'm, right. I've actually got a, a firm like, yeah, this is bad. I don't like throwing parts at a car. Um, I want to do the easy stuff first. Um, I would look for bulletins, of which I don't know. I know there's a bunch, but there, a lot of them are going to point towards crank learn. Um, but I would do a crank learn procedure. I would verify, you know, when it happens, which two cylinders are being affected. Is it consistently those two cylinders? And if it is, I would not rule out the possibility of carbon deposits. And, you know, do I, do I have a valve train valve spring issue? The fact that it happens at 72 miles, well, yeah, the fact that it happens 72 miles an hour coasting, you know, when you're when you're kind of backpedaling as I, as I think of it. I I would look more towards, you know, I would double-check my crank learn and, and, and look more towards software and then think a little bit about carbon deposit issues before I, I went and started spending a bunch of money on other things. So do that. Let them do crank learn. If they need more information, tell them to email me, ron at cardoctorshow.com, and I'll be glad to help them any way I can. And uh, keep me posted more. Good luck to you. Hey, coming up next, Gerald Wicklin. Car collision questions answered right after this. Stay tuned. When the family car needs some fixing, there's only two things that really matter, getting the right part and getting some good advice. It's a pretty safe bet that with over a million parts in stock, Pep Boys has the right part right now. The Pep Boys pros are extensively trained to find the right part for just about any car or truck. Better yet, these pros can also handle the entire installation or service needed. It's always good to have options and know the Pep Boys pros have it covered either way. Hey, Ron and Ian, the car doctor, we're back. You know, body work, repair, collision repairs seems to be a big topic of late. It seems to be growing more and more. The The collision side of the industry is, is starting to grow as the mechanical side is starting to grow, and they're, they're kind of melting together. And judging by your calls over the last couple of years, we thought it would be a good, timely conversation to, to incorporate collision here on the car doctor and uh, explain to you just what some of the basics are when you're when you're doing things like choosing a uh, a collision repair shop so we've reached out to one of the industry's best it's gerald wickland he is the owner of car star wickland in liberty missouri and uh, gerald's here with us today and we're glad to have him aboard gerald welcome to the car doctor thanks for taking the time today 
Thanks for having me. Um, car Star, you were the um, you were the first Car Star star, so to speak, back in 1989. Correct. Yes, uh, Literal Hope came to my dad with an idea. Says, uh, "What do you think about uh, starting a franchise with great training and execution of super fantastic repairs?" And that being said, uh, Dad ended up being the first franchisee of Car Star, and now we have over 15 in Kansas City metro area. Car Star Wickland is 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 celebrating 50 years in business, from what I understand. Yeah, in 1970, actually started out as uh, the body shop, and now 50 years later, we're still the body shop of Liberty. So it's it's not your first day at the rodeo by any stretch of the imagination. Um, no, we have three generations of car star now. Yeah. Um, so you know when you're when when people say to you, "Hey, I'm I'm trying to find a collision shop," because I'm I'm sure you're you know sitting around the family barbecue or at different events, and people say, "Hey, I'm looking for a collision repair shop," and I live in. You know, I live in Kansas. I live in Wisconsin. I live in. You know, what do I look for? What 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 do drivers look for when they're choosing a collision repair shop? Well, first of all, go online and check out the reviews. You want to make sure that when you go in there, it's clean. Call for an appointment. Ask for a shop tour. A lot of shops don't want you back in their back shop because they have too much to hide. And we're an open door. I mean, you just come in and and we're going to look over the car walk around it with you, make sure we catch all the damage, explain the damage, even while we're writing it on a big screen and explain all the little parts and make sure you understand the terminology that is used on the damage report because sometimes they're using R&I, D&R, all kinds of terms that doesn't make sense to the consumer and it needs to be spelled out in plain English so that anybody can understand. Once, once somebody picks a repair shop, a collision repair shop, once that decision gets made, are there are there other things to consider before you actually drop the car off and the repair process starts? Oh, make sure that you're clear on the damage report and make sure that uh, uh, that all the damage is being repaired and you understand what the insurance company's part of that is if there's an insurance company involved. Um, I, I guess, and, and understand what's actually being fixed, right? You know, if, if the mirror on the right side was broken prior to the accident... Um, and the damages on the left side, don't expect the right side damage to get resolved automatically unless you mention it, and you're going to obviously pay for that. Yeah, but also pay attention to any rattles. A lot of times the cars hit so hard in the front end that the uh, muffler system and engines moved, and there might be a vibration in the engine. There might be a, uh exhaust that is uh, bumping up against the frame or unibody, so all those things we have to consider when we're doing a damage analysis and repair of a vehicle. You know, I know when people um, come to the to the shop, Gerald, and we're talking to Gerald uh, Wickland, owner of Carstar Wickland in Liberty, Missouri, for those of you just tuning in. Um, you know, Gerald, I know when people come to the shop to pick up their cars at the end of the day, and we've done brakes, we've done service, it takes 10, 15 minutes to kind of get them out the door and, you know, so they understand what we did. Um, is, is that the same at collision, or is collision just an in-and-out process? What happens? Well, the last thing I want to do is just hand the keys and say, there, there's your car out there. I want to make sure even before they sign the check or any last-minute paperwork that I walk around the car, explain the damage report in a way that they can understand, walk around the vehicle completely. I even had a car one time. A customer was in a hurry. He picks up his car. Uh, it had been repaired just in the right rear bumper, and he got uh, a couple days later, he never walked around the car himself, 
and noticed damage in the same exact spot and accused me of not repairing his vehicle. So you always want to walk around it. You want to make sure that uh, it's very clear what was done. And uh, if there's any questions or there's a wheel alignment done, make sure you get a copy of the wheel alignment specs. So that way you have it in your paperwork in case you need further down the road, you have tire wear or something, you can address those with another mechanic or take it back to the shop. You can always bring it back to us and, and I'll drive it and explain and educate the customer. A lot of customers don't understand road crown where the water drains off to the road to the right or the left and how it, the car will drift and, and, uh, after a wheel alignment. And, and, and what effects that has on, on, on the way the car handles, sure. Yeah, we, we get into yep. that conversation too. Um, you know, somebody comes in and, and picks up their vehicle or they're, they're getting ready to approve the repair, actually. Uh, they've, they've brought it into you, and, you know, Gerald says, okay, it's $5,000 to fix this. And, but, gee, Gerald, the, the guy around the corner was, was $4,000. And, you know, you look at the list, and the list of the parts are the same. What's going to be different in those two estimates? Why is there a $1,000 difference? Is there some difference in the parts, maybe? Uh, sometimes it's a different kind of parts. And make sure you understand, is that a used part or a uh, aftermarket part, as in a CAPA certified part, or is it being repaired and not replaced? So it might be the same amount of lines, but uh, one shop's electing to repair a part as opposed to replacing it. Uh, we're not real big into uh, repairing headlights because it's hard to get them back to pre-accident condition. Right, and that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, and and I guess you know when you pick the car up, you want to look walk around, look at um, what gaps in the doors and does the paint match and that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I mean the cars aren't built perfect from the factory, but yet if you look at the gaps on the left front fender, uh, the upper and the lower part, and then check the right front fender, if it's not the same, start asking why, and yeah. make them explain it. Do you, do you think it's okay to use a body shop without a spray booth? I have to throw that one into our conversation. I, 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 I love to see <laughs> well, that. Yeah. That's not legal in uh, the Kansas City metro area. Right. Um, you know, we've been using waterborne paint for years just to be cognizant of uh, the environment. And uh, it's not exactly the fastest, but uh, it definitely uh, comes up with something that's environmentally uh, secure. Good. Well, and environmentally secure, and also, you know, the, the, the way they're painting cars out of the factory today is... is uh, my, it's also water. Yep. It, it's so technical, I guess, is the way I want to think of it. And you really need that clean environment. You really need a spray booth to paint cars today. It's not like 20 years ago. Yeah, and then from the factory, they're using a waterborne paint. And we have to, in the aftermarket out here in the industry, we have to use something that uh, can match what the OEM does, and it has to be blended. Uh, today's paints are not designed to just paint a fender and then put it on. It's designed to be blended. You, the paint matches. We get we get cars that come in and there might be ten coats for the same color that was made on that car. Uh, they're out there. I mean, there'd be ten different cars out there with a different color, and so we have to figure out which one was used on that particular vehicle and, and match it. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, talk a little bit about CarStar before I let you go, Gerald, if you could. You know, you go to CarStar Wickland, you're, you're in Liberty, Missouri. Somebody, you, you fix a car, or maybe somebody in California uses a, a, a CarStar facility out there, and then somebody shows up at, at Gerald's door, hey, I had this fixed out in uh, California, and, you know, now I've got a problem three months later. Is, 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 there a, is there a nationwide benefit 
to going to a car oh, store shop like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we give a lifetime guarantee here at the facility, and you get a uh, five-year nationwide guarantee at any car store facility in the United States and or Canada. Wow. All the way up into Canada now. Yeah, that's um, that's impressive. That really is. Where can the listeners go get more information, Gerald? Well, I would go to carstar.com. Just put in your zip code, and you'll come up with a list of shops that are closest to you. Uh, you can also dial 1-800-CARSTAR. Perfect. Hey, Gerald, thanks for taking time. I know you guys have a busy Saturday, and uh, we appreciate you spending the time with us here on The Car Doctor. You have a good rest of the day. You have a super fantastic weekend. Thank you, sir. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Welcome back. Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. Once again, thanks to Gerald Wickland. Wickland uh, Collision there in Liberty, Missouri. Appreciate him taking the time. You know, Saturday's a busy day in the body shop, and everybody's picking up and dropping off for the next week and coming in, coming out. It's kind of like a hotel, right? And uh, we know he's busy, so we appreciate him taking the time today. Let's get on over and talk to Richard in Maine, 08 Silverado, four-wheel drive, and some warning on the dashboard. Richard, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help, sir? Yeah, how are you doing today? Good, sir. What's going on? Yeah, I have an 08 Silverado truck, four-wheel drive, and when I got it, it had the... The wheels were all rusted and the paint was chipping. So I got some Denali wheels off of an old GMC. And the monitors that monitor the tire pressure, they were all corroded and aluminum, aluminum was all oxidized together. So I took them all out. And now every time I start my vehicle, I get a service tire monitor system on the, on the uh, dashboard. I wonder if there's any way I could just take in no, rid sir. of that old nope. fuse or something. Nope. Nope, it's tied in. It's 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 either tied in through the BCM or one of the restraint control modules, depending upon how GM optioned it out. Uh, no way to deal with it other than put sensors back in it. That's it. The only about the only thing you can do to modify TPMS on some of the GM products, and you know this is the way all the car companies are, and this is the results of the federal government. This isn't this isn't this isn't the car companies. The, the car companies were mandated by the government beginning in model year 2008 to put tire pressure monitoring systems in, uh, largely wow. because of the problems that the Ford Explorers had way back 20 years ago. And yep. there, there were other vehicles where they, you know, alleged low tire inflation caused the accidents and instability. I could, I could tell you the argument against that, but that's my own theory, and I'm not really – I generally yep. don't bring it up um, – but suffice it to say that it's there because of that, and the only way you're going to get rid of it, I know of no workarounds. Um, you know, it's a piece of tape over the dashboard. But, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's and, – and the problem is, you know, the problem is – Richard, you've got to get used to it. I know it's hard. It's it's. Yeah. Listen, I'm 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 more on the you know not more on the I'm you know a uh, baby boomer or something you know in my seventies and I I'm a pencil and paper and eraser guy and I hate technology. Yeah, I'm fighting no. right to the end of it. Brother, I always I get, worked on my own vehicles. So. Yeah, brother, I get it. I'm right behind you. I'm, you know, I graduated yeah. high school in '74. You can do the math and figure out how old I yeah. am. And I get up uh, 65. Yeah, you know, it's um, yeah. Let's see, 65, 65 Corvette, 396, four and a quarter side pipes. Yeah, those yeah. were the car. You know, I had a 67, uh, 427 side pipes, 390 horsepower glide. Right, and you know, oh, if we so. if we talk like that with the kids today, they'll go, what? 
<laughs> you had ask, a what? Ask the, ask the kid today if they've ever dimmed the headlights with their left foot, and they look at you and get three hits. Well, ask a kid. To, tell a kid today you're going to get your tires rotated, and they say, "Don't you do that when you drive the car?" Um, <clears throat> you know, it's yeah. ah, we shouldn't pick on the kids today. It's you know what? No, it's I'm it's they, they 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 just they're just not. We've just got to educate them, and I. I and then again, I don't know, Richard. Maybe we're just a couple of old codgers, and maybe we just really don't matter anymore. I don't know. I, I yeah, that's what I think's happening. Technology is yeah. passing me right over. So. Yeah, it's and that's okay. Just, all I have to do is I just have to hit the uh, the uh, autometer reset button, and it goes out yeah. every time I that yep. it comes on. I now, just thought I could pull up yours. No, it's it's okay. gonna it's gonna be all tied together, sir. I'm sorry. Um, I know of no right. programming option. Like I was gonna say, the only thing you could do to an 08, and I did it to mine. I had an 08, I had an 08 Silverado. Is I could go in with the scan tool, and I could lower the warning where the tire pressure would come on. But I don't believe zero was one of the warnings. Um, so yeah. I think I think you're stuck with yeah. it. So, all right. All right. I'll keep listening to do up and say. You know, technology can go where where they want to go. Yep, so. I appreciate it. Listen, you keep right. listening. Thank keep you very honest. much. You're welcome, Richard. You take good care. Technology's a tough deal, folks. We just we're just not going to get away from it, and um, it's just it just keeps coming at us. It's listen, and and think of it like this: we're only in the infancy. All right, we are only in the infancy. I wonder where it's going to be a hundred years from now. Somebody was telling me the other day they have apps now, and I guess I'm probably old saying this, but there are apps for your phone that can take your phones can take your blood pressure. Yeah, I Tom's shaking his head. Yes, yeah, so I so just imagine where it's going to be. Uh, yeah, Tom, I'm waiting for my Star Trek transporter. Well, you know, they say there was an article, and I've talked about this. Now it's got to be 15 years ago that some physicists in Sweden transported a pencil from one end of the table to the other. They 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 de-energized it and re-energized it. And I looked into it. I swear to God, this is the truth, all right? And I talked to a friend of mine who's a physicist, and he said, the problem is, at the submolecular level, there are too many characteristics that what if we change things and made you into an idiot? And I said, yeah, but think of all the idiots we could turn into normal people. And that's when he said to me, yeah, we'll never do it because it would take far too long because there's far too many of them than there are of us. And I left it there. I'm Ron Anani and the car doctor. We're coming back. Don't go away. Oh, would you put that white suit away? By the way, speaking of which, where is um, Ron and Andy, the car doctor? We're back. Where is uh, Mr. Mister Discotech? Um, is he still mourning the Giants? This um, is, uh, I don't know what he's doing today. He's um, he's not here. No, I know. Did you forget that. to pick him up? No. Oh. No, I know. I, was it my turn? Well, yeah. You know, I was wondering because in the break room there's that extra sandwich. Well, that's okay. Do you want do you want his half of the roast beef? Mm, no, that's okay. My wife will have supper for us when I get home. Okay, I was just just wondering. I, um, but yeah, I notice. I think Tony's. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's mourning. Maybe he's mourning the Giants. Um, did you see the article? By the way, we're not going to talk cars for a Actually, second. Actually, he might be sick because the Red Sox made it into the World Series. Well, I could understand why he'd be sick about that. Um, being a being a being a Red Sox uh, Yankees fan that he is. Um, uh, I don't want to talk about that. Um, I want to talk about this Mazda I worked on this week, real quick. Um, there comes a point where you have to, is the word exude common sense? I think it's kind of like what Kenny Rogers said. you got to know when to hold them, and you got to know when to fold them. It was an 08 Mazda CX-9 that had a water leak to the point of the inside of the windshield looked like the shower. 
All right, it was just soaking wet every morning. But that isn't what the car was there for. The car was there because it allegedly had a misfire and a stutter on the road. After I diagnosed that and it came out, well, it could be transmission, it could be ignition, it could be this, it could be that. Between that, the water leak, the wiper blades, the brakes, and everything else the car needed, I said, hey, it's time to go. You got to know when to fold them, you got to know when to hold them. I'm running any in the car, doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See ya. 